Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Let's join Pastor Tim McLaughlin and go to the message. you've heard me say this you're going to hear me preach on it pretty soon if the Lord will let me I just keep on going back to it but you've heard me say this don't give the devil the satisfaction don't give the devil the satisfaction but now that camp meeting you know you got this I know I'm on this camp meeting high right and what's going to happen is this you, you, you're, you're on fire you're all stirred up things are going on and what's going to happen is if we're not careful the deceiver, the enemy, is going to come in and he's going to try to rain on your fire. Tomorrow, go back to work. Things are coming up. Things are going to take place. But how are we going to handle it? What I've been thinking about all week, and Pastor Mike Campbell, when I got his notes Wednesday, I thought, man, he's just, because the Lord had been stirring in me. And, and really what he did is he helped me. He helped me to go even deeper. So if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. And I want to talk to you today about how to keep the fire burning. And I may not get through all of this today. We'll see how it goes. This one thing I do know is y'all can sit still for two and a half hours. So I got time. How can we keep the fire burning? Acts chapter 28, verse number 3. It says, But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Father, I just pray right now. Lord, help everything that's within me come out. Uh, even more than I've been able to put on my notes, Lord, it's just been coming so fast. Anoint my tongue, Lord God, as the pen of the ready writer. Father, help me to speak forth the word of God with power that can only come through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for each and every one that's here this morning. Give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what you're going to say to them specifically today to keep our fire burning. In Jesus' name, amen. The Apostle Paul had been preaching the gospel everywhere he went. Multiple missionary journeys, multiple arrests, falsely accused, and now on his way to Rome to stand before Caesar and plead his case. I don't have this on the slide. I didn't put it up there, but I was just thinking about it just, just right before I got up here. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse number 22. If you got your Bible, good for you. If you don't, shame on you. But anyways, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22, it says this. This is Paul speaking. He's writing this letter to the, to the church in Corinth. He says, are you Hebrew? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes of bomb measure. In prisons more frequently. In death more often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked at night. And a day I have been at the deep. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea and perils among false brethren in weariness and in toil and sleepless often in hunger and thirst and fastings often and cold and nakedness besides the other things what comes upon me daily my deep concern for the churches Paul had been through it he said but what I do it all for is the churches with everything that I've been through for the church, for the body of Christ, Paul had been on a ship on his way to Rome. The storms come. The storms became severe. They begin to throw over all the cargo. They begin to, to talk about killing the prisoners. 
And the apostle Paul spoke up and he says, don't do it. An angel of the Lord has spoke to me. And if you'll do what I tell you to do, we're all going to make it. The storm ceased. And they all swam to shore on the island of Malta. Malta means honey. They went from shipwreck to the place of honey. The Bible says that the natives on the island showed them kindness and made them a fire. Now let me ask you this. You don't have to answer. You don't have to raise your hand. Just ponder this. How many of you before camp meeting had things like this going through your mind? Boy, I really need camp meeting. I really need a time of refreshing. I need my spiritual tank refilled. I need some Holy Ghost fire. I need God to touch me. I need a move in my life. I need God to show up big in my life. I bet many on that ship were excited to see land, and they didn't care where it was. They didn't care what the land was called. They didn't care who the people was. They, after, after being through what Paul described in Acts and all that they had been through and being tossed to and fro and fasting, they were just excited to be on land. They were glad to be alive. And then when the net laid, natives lit the fire, it even made things better. Just when Paul thought, man, the Lord came through again, we're all safe. A viper came out and bit his hand. Looking at Acts chapter 28, I believe that there's nothing written in the Word of God that does not have significance. Thank you, Dr. T. I believe there is nothing written in the Word of God that does not have... Understand this, church. I mean, if, you, if you've... Anybody ever... Who came out of the Catholic Church? Anybody ever come out of the Catholic Church? We got a couple. There's books in the Catholic Bible that are not in our Protestant Bible, right? There, there are books out there like Dead Sea Scrolls. There's, you know, supposedly Thomas wrote a letter, Mary Magdalene. There's stuff out there. Why did they not make it into the canon of Scripture? I really, truly believe that the Holy Spirit spoke to the people that canonized our Bible and everything that is in the Word of God, everything that is in our Bible, is there for purpose. And I believe that this story right here is no different. God orchestrated everything in the life of the Apostle Paul, down to the smallest detail. Some of the most profound truths are the details of God's Word. Nothing happened in Paul's life and nothing happened on this tiny island that was by chance. So as I was thinking about this and praying about this, I got to thinking about Malta, this tiny island out in the middle of nowhere. Pastor Mike shared some things with me. He said, he said if you really think about Malta and you go back and look at it, and I think he mentioned this in his sermon, he said there was actually a port on the other side. They missed the port and ended up on this side because of the storm, and they ended up in the rocks. But nonetheless, it was a tiny island out in the middle of nowhere. I think about this church. I think about all this church has been through in the years that it's been here. I think about... How, how, how this, this small body right here, and, and yet Malta means honey. I believe God's got a sweet spot for this church. I believe he's got a great purpose for this church. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing happened during camp meeting by chance. Every minister on every night was orchestrated by God. Every message, I mean, it just, my wife can tell you, you, may, you probably won't get this, but her and I have talked about this because we've been around all these guys. Other than, other than Jay Bailey, that was the first time that, that I, I mean, I've heard him preach on the web, but that was the first time I'd been in service with him. But all those other men that came to preach, I have been traveling with those guys. I've been in their churches. We have done revivals together. And I would sit there each night 
especially when it came to Pastor Mike Campbell, Pastor Richard Harris, and Pastor Mike McCoy. I told my wife, I said, this, this is not common. This is not their style. This is not how revival works. I can tell you this. Pastor Mike McCoy was probably the calmest I've ever seen him in a revival. And he said, brother, you don't know how hard I prayed to preach something different. But I went back and I looked at my notes and God orchestrated every message for a purpose. For us. Life, church, in Malta. God is not the God of coincidence. Camp meeting in Perry 2023 is over. But how do we keep the fire burning? We may not get to all of this, like I said earlier. The Lord has just continued to show stuff. I was in my office early this morning because I woke up so early and God just kept pouring stuff in. So we'll go as far as we can this week and then we'll see what happens. But I believe this, that if, if we'll grab a hold of what I'm telling you today, we'll keep the fires burning. We've been talking about fan the flame. We've been talking about, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6, he said, fan the flame of the gifts of God from when I laid my hands on you. How many that are sitting here today, sometime one day during the week, had hands laid on you during camp meeting? And so what's going to happen is the liar, the deceiver of the brethren, that snake, the viper, is going to show his head. And we have to make a decision in our life, and we have to do so today. I'm not trying to stir anything up. It's just how I feel. If you haven't learned anything by now, I'm just transparent to a fault. And I told it, I mean, the, the thing about this past week for me was not only the preaching and not only the great worship, but it was being around family. It was being around, you know, my family lives in Michigan. I haven't been to Michigan in three, four years. I don't know. I, I, I haven't been to Michigan in a while. My family don't travel. My, my parents are getting older. They don't travel that much. Uh, my sisters and brothers, they just, they're not going to come see me. I'm lucky to get a phone call. Um, I'm, I'm the, they call me the golden boy. Okay, I'm the, I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the white sheep of the, I don't know. I'm, anyways, I'm the goat. Anyhow, anyhow. But God has placed people in my life. God has placed people in our lives. Every one of those ministers that came, and, and, and I got to be careful how I say this, but they're like, they're like brothers, uncles. I won't say grandfathers, so if they watch this, I won't do that. But they're like brothers or uncles, dads, mentors. I mean, we sat here Wednesday night. Everybody, you guys had all left. We sat back there in the multi-purpose room until 1230 Wednesday night with Pastor Mike and Miss Jada. Every night we would sit and we would just, and it was just, it was like a family reunion. And we would sit there and they would just encourage us and I would go through and I would start talking about each of you. I said, let me tell you about our new family. And I would, I would talk about what God was doing here. And every one of them had a word for us that God had brought to them. The last five months has been hard on my wife and I, and I'm not, again, trying to stir anything up. It's just been hard. If you don't know, and I'm not trying to, she says, don't ever talk about me in your sermon, so I'm, I'm being cautious here because i got to go home with her. <laughs> but many of you don't know that my wife was diagnosed with cancer, and she's had three surgeries in the last five months. I had this thing, I, I played sports. I mean, I played football, I wrestled, I ran track, I was in the Marine Corps. I have never in my life had, had to deal with acne. I've praised God. I've ne I never, all the things that I did in sports, I never worried about acne. In the last five months, something has attacked my head and my face that I have rebuked a hundred times. A couple of you have come up and go, what's the deal? Did you lose your razor? 
No, but the gray hair hides the barks. So there you go. I've been dealing with, and, and, and doctors just keep saying, that, well, let's give you this. Well, let's try that. I've lost 20 pounds. Well, if you quit eating this food, maybe this will help. And I'm, all these things I'm trying to do. I'm losing weight. My clothes don't fit. I'm trying to do everything the doctors tell me to do. And finally, one of the pastors just looked at me and said, I know you don't want to hear this, and I know you're not going to like me when I say it. He said, it's stress. I said, I don't deal with stress. He said, that's your problem. I said, no, what I mean is I don't stress. He said, yeah. He said, everybody deals with it differently. We've went through some stuff. But what camp meeting did for us was it brought back that flame that had begun to die out. Some of you may have came through camp meeting dealing with some stuff like we did, and you needed that fire. Some of you may be getting ready to head into some stuff, and you need to keep that fire burning. So how can we keep the fire burning? First, let's talk about the wind. The wind. The wind of this event, Malta, Camp Meeting 2023, the wind is important. This passage in Acts is the conclusion of a long journey that Paul and the crew of the Alexandrian ship went through. They were advised not to continue to sail by Paul and by others, yet they did anyway, and for many it appeared to, to be a disaster. But to others... It was God-ordained. Again, you could look at this church and all that this church has been through. You can look to all that you have been through. You can look to the number of people that came each night. You can look to some of the things that transpired each night. You can look at behind the scenes and say, well, that didn't go well or that didn't happen. But can you think about when God spoke to you? When the Holy Spirit moved on you? When the fire of God fell on you? And declare, God is good. We sat there and we, we my wife and I, we, we went over this a hundred times. We pull out journals, or, you know, we journal and we pray. And we went back and we're like, Lord, did all this happen because we are disobedient? Have we done something wrong? Are we not where we're supposed to be? Are we out of the will of God? And we have sat there and we have been assured time after time that God called us to Perry, Georgia, that God brought us here for such a time as this, that God has a plan for our lives. And the devil is a liar. Paul's on this island. I don't know why. I'm on my way to Rome. God said I was going to Rome. God said I was going to stand before Caesar. Why am I on this island? Why did we go through everything we went through? Because Paul goes back. He goes back to Acts chapter 9 and 10. And he remembers when Adonias came in and laid his hands on him. He says, anoint him and let him know all that he must suffer for my name's sake. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul had absolute faith in God and told the crew and the leaders that they were making it because God has given him a promise. Life Church, I'm here to tell you, just as Paul told the crew of that ship, you need to stay on board, you need to buckle up, you need to get ready because we're going to make it. God has taken us to the land of honey. Paul had absolute faith in God. He was going to go to Rome, and an angel appeared to him and confirmed it. I told you last week, God keeps his promises. Acts 27, verses 23 and 24. says, For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. We must realize that on the other side of the storm, God may not bring you to a resort paradise, but to a place where you can be a blessing to others. 
Let me say that again, because some of you just... When you go through a storm, when you go through some things in your life, you need to understand that on the other side may not be a place of paradise, but it may be a place of blessing. Never knew anything about Perry, Georgia. Natsville, Tennessee, or not Natsville, Georgia. Never knew anything about this place. But it's a place of blessing. Was the win of the camp meeting significant for you? I've talked to enough people this week. They said, Pastor, you just don't understand all that I've went through but God. Or some people were in the middle of this, and they said, boy, I needed that because I'm getting ready to. I believe that the win of camp meeting was significant. I believe that Malta on his way to Rome was significant. Remember Pentecost. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost came 50 days after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The disciples are confused and distraught. And on the day of Pentecost, Jesus poured out his spirit and empowered the church with fire. And on the day of Pentecost, when he poured out his spirit, he sent them out. Now, you would like to believe that the Holy Spirit, fire, came upon all the disciples in that upper room. And from that point on, everything was just great. Have you read your Bible? Matthew chapter 10, verse 6, he says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. He said, I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. I'm giving you fire, but I'm getting ready to tell you, you will be persecuted for my name's sake. The disciples on the day of Pentecost were empowered with the Holy Spirit to minister and to bless others, but that did not prevent them from dealing with persecution. The win of Pentecost was the fire falling on the church after the storm of crucifixion, but with signs following. The win of the Apostle Paul on the island of Patmos was a fire for warmth after the storm at sea. And what had happened? It led to salvation for everybody on the island. I believe that when camp meeting was to, I believe that this camp meeting was to refresh some of us after the storm and to prepare some of us for the one we're getting ready to go through. And the Lord says, fan the flame. God made a promise to Paul that he would make it to Rome, but he never said there would not be storms along the way. God promised Sheridan and I that he was calling us and would always provide for us, but we would have to endure some storms in our life. What has God said to you? Maybe your win was last week, or maybe your win is coming, but we need to keep the fire burning. I love what Pastor Darrow said last night. Man, this spoke to me. I wrote it down in big letters. I might get a poster for my office. I don't know. Quit complaining about the enemy in front of you and start believing about the Holy Ghost inside of you. Quit complaining. And I don't, please don't take this the wrong way. I love you. Look at me and say, Pastor, we love you. All right, you said it. There you go. Some of you did. Some of you did. Some of you went, oh, oh, oh. all right. But, but. And I talked to Pastor Daryl about this last night. I talked to several of the pastors. And I said, what do you do before Sunday morning, before you get up and preach? And a lot of them said, well, I stay in my office as long as I can. And I come out the last minute. And I just smiled. I said, why? They said, because everybody and their brother wants to tell me their problems on Sunday morning before I get in the pulpit. Some of you think I'm a rude jerk. Don't amen me. Thank you, see? But man, my mind is focused on what God has been speaking to me all week long. And I walk out in the lobby to be nice. And all I hear, complaining, grumbling, this problem, that problem. 
And I want to know your problems. We put a prayer box back there and hardly anybody uses it. We normally have prayer up here, but everybody wants to, to, to meet me in the lobby. Can you imagine Paul? I mean, he, he just got off the ship. I mean, as if the storm wasn't enough, if swimming to shore was not enough. And then he gets on the island. He doesn't tell everybody, hey, I'm the apostle. I'm the one sent by God. I'm the one anointed by God. He doesn't start bragging. He just goes and grabs some wood. He says, because i got to keep the fire burning. I have decided in my life, when you tell me something, I'm just going to smile. The Lord bless you and keep you. And I'm going to keep my fire burning. Reach back and remember when he touched you and put another log on the fire. I said I was going to run and get my, my, my book before I started preaching. I didn't have time to run back there and do it. But I told you about all those sermons. 60 days of revival in 2020, camp meeting in 2021, camp meeting in 2022, camp meeting in 2023. I've got notes from the Pensacola revival two years that Sheridan and I went to. I got notes from the ramp. I got notes from Collide. I got all these notes. And every now and again, when things start getting on me, I have to go back and I have to put another log on the fire. I have to reach back and say, I remember when. I remember 1998, God, when you delivered me from my substance abuse. I remember in 1999, Lord, when you called me in the ministry. I remember in 20, uh, 2000, Lord, uh, when, when, you, when you spoke to me on a mountain in Phoenix, Arizona. I remember, Lord, all these things that you did in my life. And every time I get to this place where I'm like, Lord, I don't understand why. Why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this to happen? Guy called me last week out of the blue, just out of the blue. I was just sitting there praying. He called and said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. How you doing? He said, all right. He said, I just want to see how you are. I said, well, just living the Job life. He said, yeah, but what did, what did God tell Job? And I just paused. He said, sorry, man, I got to go. Talk to you later. Click. What did God say to Job? And I got in my word, and I went back. And the first thing that came to mind is God said, where were you? And I created when I did, when I did, when I did. But then he gets to this point, and he tells Job, he tells his friends, he says, when he prays for you, then I'm going to restore unto him twofold. Get your mind off the problem in front of you and get it on the Holy Ghost inside of you and begin to pray for others. Sometimes the storm we're going through is the opportunity to be a blessing to others. Remember the when. Number two, the where. The where of this event is significant. It was not by chance that they landed on the island called Honey. Often we are so busy licking our scars and talking about the storms that we miss the real opportunities to make a difference for God. What they did on the island was significant down to the smallest detail. Notice that the first thing they did when they found themselves on the island, Acts 28, 2 and 3, the natives showed unusual kindness. They kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. They were tired. They were weary. They were in a confusing place and confusing situation. Now, I haven't heard it, but I've seen it. Camp meeting is a long week. I mean, I thank God for those that showed up every morning after camp meeting, sometimes didn't get out of here until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and they were back here at 8.30, and we would pray, and then we would clean. Some of you would work all day and then you would come in and you would make sure that meals were ready. Last night there were people here getting the church cleaned up, refreshing this place for this morning. Many of you just thought, man, it's amazing. There's just an angel that shows up and straightens this place up for us all the time. There are angels all right, 
But I'm telling you, there were people that worked, and it gets tiring. Camp meeting gets tiring. You know how to spell ministry, don't you? W-O-R-K. All right? Camp meeting is work. And I'm extremely grateful for all of you who cooked, cleaned, set up, tore down, and mopped it up last night. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you just thank God. <laughs> Late nights and early mornings, but lives were changed. We built a fire. Pastor Danny Beaver says, light my fire. That fire would comfort them. The fire would change their condition. The fire would mark them. The fire would tell others where to find them. The fire would guard them from the elements, and the fire would attract others. The fire would attract others. They landed on the island of Malta. There was a few people there that saw them that helped build a fire. And then all of a sudden, more people began to come to see what the fire was all about in the middle of the night, in the middle of the storm. This is what you need to grab a hold of. When you are weary, weak, confused, and don't know what to do, keep the fire burning. Fan into flame. When the fire of the Holy Ghost gets in you, you will know it is God and so will others around you. This is who we are. This is who we are. We are a Pentecostal people. We are fire builders and fire keepers. Say that. Say, I am a fire builder and a fire keeper. Boy, you need to get that down in here. That's what we need to understand. When the storms of life come, when things happen in your life, when you're going through it and you don't know what to do, remember, I'm a fire builder and I'm a fire keeper. And reach back and remember when and throw another log on the fire. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Jesus said, I indeed baptize, or John rather says, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. John said, I'm baptizing you with water and that's all well and good. But you need a dose of the Holy Ghost. Because when things get hard, when life gets rough, when the storms of life come, the water won't do you any good. But the fire will get you through it. The wear of camp meeting, right here in Perry, Georgia. God has baptized you with the Holy Ghost and fire. There is no coincidence that we are here, that you are here, that God has a plan for here. There is no coincidence that we are here, that you are here, that God has a plan for here. I'm going to try that again. There's no coincidence that we are here, that you are here, and that God has a plan for here. Amen. I've asked this question before, but I'm going to ask it again. How many of you were here 18 months ago? Raise your hand. All right, let's try Let's do this a different way. I'm going to do this different. How many of you have come in the last 18 months? Raise your hand. Now everybody look around. I think God's up to something. There's no coincidence that we're here, that you're here. Amen. The win of camp meeting. Pastor Mike Campbell talked about Carol's time versus Kronos time. Kronos was the specific time on a clock or on a calendar. Don't look at the clock, but that's what Kronos time means, or Carol's time means. Uh, try this again. Kronos time, time. Carol's time. Carol's time. God-ordained time. The opportune time. That moment when everything changes. I'm believing that camp meeting 2023 was a Kairos moment for some of you. I believe that camp meeting 2023, Perry, Georgia, was a Kairos time. For some of you, it just may have been a 
7 o'clock, go to church, whatever time I get home, and that's all you've thought about. But for some of you, you will never forget the Kairos time of what God did to you in this altar. I believe you were right where you needed to be, right when you needed to be here. That leads me to the what. Or let me say it this way, the who. The who. The when, the where, the who. Paul told Timothy to fan into flame. He said, stir up the Holy Ghost fire in desolate places. That Holy Ghost fire will comfort you. That Holy Ghost fire will change your condition. That Holy Ghost fire will mark you. That Holy Ghost fire will guard you from the things of this world. My wife and I were walking the other day. You may hear me preach on this really soon because God has been stirring. We were out walking the other day, and we're just walking down the road, and all of a sudden I started chuckling, and she looked over me and she said, what? The Bible says in Philippians 4, think on whatsoever things are true, think on whatsoever things are just, think on whatsoever things are noble, think on whatsoever things are lovely, think on whatsoever things are pleasing to God. If there be any virtue, if there thing be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. How, do you, how, how many of you understand? Sometimes that's a little difficult. And this is what the Lord told me. He said, the difficulty is because is you got more of the world in you than you have the word in you. But when you got more of the word than you have the world, it's easy to keep your mind focused on those things that are true, just, noble, lovely, and pleasing to God. No matter what you're going through or what is headed your way, you need to keep the fire burning. A, he is not a new fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost has been burning since the day of Pentecost. The disciples knew the fire represented the new covenant, and they knew it was God's presence. The Holy Spirit and Pentecost are not for a certain generation or for a certain age. Pastor Greer said this, it ain't over. He said, many love the memory of Pentecost instead of the reality of Pentecost. Did y'all get that? Many love the memory of Pentecost instead of the reality of Pentecost. We are a Pentecostal people, and I'm not ashamed of it. Acts chapter 2, verse 15 through 21. Peter says, These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That young man sitting back there came forward. He got baptized with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. I walked over to him probably about three or four minutes after they prayed for him, and I just walked up and I put my arm around, and he just—I mean—he was just shaking. I mean, his body was still just, just like, and he just looked at me. He's like, Pastor Tim. I mean, even his voice was vibrating. I said, Yes, sir. That's good. <laughs> I looked at him and said, Yes, sir. It is. Boom. <laughs> Listen. Man, the Holy Ghost, is, is he wasn't for a time then. He is for now. He is for your generation, my generation, that generation. The message never changes, even though the method might. You can call it camp meeting or revival, but the issue has never changed. Did God bring you through a storm or prepare you for one that's coming? Chances are it was both. And that's why we need to keep the fire burning. Paul found a fire that had already been kindled. He didn't have to start it. He just had to keep it burning. God's not asking us to start a new fire. The fire's already there. He's just asking us to feed the flame. 
He's just asking us to keep the fire burning. I can't tell you how many Pentecostal churches, I don't know if this is the case with the church of God, brother, but I know with the assemblies of God, there are churches around this area and in Tennessee and in other places, I'm sure. And they, they, they use these names like Life Church to disguise that they're a Pentecostal church. You know, I remember when I first got into the Assemblies of God, it was First Assembly of God, Second Assembly of God, uh, Perry Assembly of God, whatever. Now we start using clever little names. Life Church, The Refuge, Community Church. No. We are an Assembly of God church. We are a Pentecostal work. Guy told me one time, he said, well, we took the assembly of God off. He said, because we felt like it was a stumbling block for people when they came in. I said, so you would rather people think that you're a Baptist church? I said, so my question is this. When they come into the church and when you're preaching, do they then find out that you're Pentecostal? Or do they still think you're Baptist? We put AG on the sign. Because I don't want the Baptists coming in here thinking we're a Baptist church. I want them to know that place is on fire. I'm believing for the fire. Paul found the fire. All he had to do was feed it. I'm not looking for a new fire. I'm not looking for a new fat. I want to rekindle the same fire that burned in Acts chapter 2. I'm believing God for an upper room experience, a Holy Ghost prayer meeting, signs and wonders, and multiple people from every generation, color, and background to come to Jesus. B, you need to feed the fire. God is still moving. God is still moving. Pastor Mike Campbell told us that God's protection, purpose, power are still on display. Your life will be determined on what you do with those glowing embers. If you will feed the fire, we'll see the flames and feel its power. A fire that looks out isn't necessarily out. When I first got here, can I just tell you something? Please don't tell anybody else, even you on Facebook that's going to watch this everywhere. When I first met with the, the, the district superintendent, he said, now, brother, let me just tell you, he said, that church has had problems ever since it started. He said, I, I don't know what, what, what God's plan is for Perry George. He said, but that church has struggled. I talked to another guy that's been in this area in the Assemblies of God for, for 24 years. He said, I remember when that church first started over there. He said, that church has struggled as long as I can remember. Now, normally that would make a, a young preacher, young, no respect, Pastor Josiah. Normally that would make a preacher a little nervous and make him think. But I told my wife this, and you can confirm this with her later if you want to. Because she asked me, she said, why don't we go to a bigger church? Why don't we find a, a big church? Maybe you can go be an executive pastor or find some guy that's getting ready to retire and take over a big church. And this is what I told my wife. I said, because I believe I got one more in me. She looked at me. She said, what is that supposed to mean? I said, I just believe I've got one more good fight in me. She looked at me. She said, I don't know if I do. I said, well, honey, just get behind me. This Marine's ready. And so when the district superintendent told me and when that other guy told me, he said, that church has been a problem. I said, well, let me just tell you something right now. I said, we're getting ready to light that, fire, that problem on fire. Amen. Any, any preacher, and I believe this, any preacher can go to a 250 or 500 congregation church and ride that thing out for a couple years before you really know if he's called or not. But to take a church of 32 people, you're going to find out real quick whether he's called or not called. In Jesus' name. It's time to stir. It's time to blow. It's time to feed the fire. The world says the fires of Pentecost have gone out. But the problem isn't that the fires have gone out. The problem is that God's people aren't feeding the fire. Matthew 24, 12 and 13 says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. 
Our cities don't recognize that the church is on fire with the Holy Ghost. Many don't stir up the embers. They're afraid that it will get out of control. They want to contain the fire. They only want to go so far. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, do not, be, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When you try to control the Holy Ghost, when you try to put Him in a box, you grieve the Holy Spirit. We are to build one another up as believers and not tear one another down. Tearing one another down grieves the Holy Spirit and it's inconsistent with God's purpose for our lives. We are filled. We are spirit-filled people. And it's time to act like it. It's time to keep the fire burning. Paul understood that the fire wouldn't last long unless it was fed. Acts 28.3 says, But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, if you're waiting for someone else to build your fire, if you're waiting for an evangelist, if you're waiting for a singing group, if you're waiting for a pastor or a brother and sister, it's not going to happen. You have to stir up the gift inside of you. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you look at that word filled right there in Ephesians 5.18, it means continually be being filled. Sometimes your tank can run out a little bit, and you need to throw another log on the fire. You need to keep stirring it up. We've got to feed the fire in our lives. What's the price of the coconut? Lastly, hold with me just a couple more minutes. The natives are getting restless. I see them moving around. See, the time is now. The time is now. Paul couldn't wait for things to get better. He needed to build the fire. Learn to feed the fire when you don't have anyone else to feed it. When you don't know what else to do, feed the fire. When you don't feel like it, feed the fire. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, Daniel was in Ziklag. They just got back from raiding a village. Everybody was happy with all the spoils that they got. But when they got back to town and they found out that all their wives and their children and all their stuff was gone, they talked about stoning the same one that just brought them through the battle. The Bible doesn't say that David moaned and groaned. The Bible doesn't say that David went and pouted. The Bible says that David stirred himself up in the Lord. He threw another log on the fire. David didn't wait for a priest or a prophet. He fed the fire himself. Notice in Acts 28, there's no mention of anyone else putting logs on the fire, only the Apostle Paul. Paul didn't say, I'm so-and-so or I'm this or that. He just did what needed to be done. Title don't matter. Position don't matter. All that matters is that you keep the fire burning. It takes effort. Paul was preparing the fire. Have you prepared the way for the Holy Ghost to burn in your life? Is your worship feeding the fire? Is your faith feeding the fire? Is your anticipation feeding the fire? Come on up, Pastor Sam. Elijah built an altar. They mocked, ridiculed, and threatened him. But God told him, prepare an altar. The time is now. 1 Kings 18.38 says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Will God find a prepared altar for him to rain down his fire in your life? Will God find a prepared altar for him to rain his fire upon, you, upon your life? This morning, we just moved into a new house. When we, when we first moved to Perry, our goal was just get there. We didn't want to waste money renting, so we bought a house. It wasn't the ideal house, but it was just a place that we could put our furniture in. And some of our furniture had to go in places that were just not ideal places. But I had a place in our old house that I would go and that I would pray. I mean, if you went there right now, it's, it's kind of sunk down. Part of it's because of me, part of it's because of our dog. She likes it as much as I do, but that was, that was my prayer place. That was my altar. And we moved into this first house that we lived in in Paris. That altar was in a, in a place that I just couldn't go there. And I kept trying to move around the house and find different altars. And I just, I struggled with finding that place. So we just moved to the new house. We're unpacking boxes. And I got my altar back. 
And I can tell you, man, I'm up early. And I go in there and I close the door. And I, I grab my pillow. And I grab my pillow and I shove my face down in that thing. I said, Jesus, I'm right here. I'm right here, Lord. Have your way. Stir in me. Lord, I need you. I need you. I've got an altar. My kids will tell you. If you ever, if you ever get a chance to talk to my kids, my kids will tell you. In our house in Cookville, when they were growing up, they knew where daddy's altar was at. There were, there were knee marks in the carpet. There were elbow marks in the cushion. And they knew if they came downstairs where dad's office was at during certain times, dad's on his altar. Dad's seeking the Lord. Pastor Jay Bailey said, the world needs spirit-filled church and a spirit-filled, empowered church. The world needs a spirit-filled church and a spirit-empowered church. The world needs a spirit-filled church, but it needs a spirit-empowered church. Man, that, that got me. Because there's a bunch, of, like I said, there's these, these, these cognito, camouflage, Pentecostal churches. And the pastor says, well, I pray in tongues. I'm like, yeah, but does anybody in your congregation know it? When's the last time you had a healing line? When's the last time you called people forward and anointed them with oil? When's the last time anybody in your church ever saw you pray in tongues? He needs a spirit-empowered church. The time is now. When Paul landed on Malta, it was an ordained moment by God. Just like the wind of Pentecost, just like the wind of camp meeting, the where was a place called honey. It didn't look sweet at first. <laughs> when we got to Malta, it didn't look sweet at first. But then someone lit a fire. Perry, Georgia, Life Church, it may not look like honey, but someone lit a fire. Someone lit a fire. Now it's your responsibility to keep the fire burning. It's time to throw another log on the fire. I will not give the enemy the satisfaction. I just refuse. Sickness happens. Jesus said it'll rain on the just and the unjust. It's going to storm on everybody. I'm not going to give the devil the satisfaction for the things that's happened in our life. Tragic, sad, upsetting, yes. But I'm not going to give him the satisfaction. I'm going to throw another log on the fire. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast of Life Church. If you are looking for a home church, please visit us at 100 Todd Road in Perry, Georgia, or check out our website at lifechurchga.com.